Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Now, if you've been a long-term listener of the show, you're like, what is the name of this podcast? Because this is the first episode under the new name. For the last almost six years and nearly 600 episodes, this show has been called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. But if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I've been sort of queuing everybody up that this change was coming because... My life has changed a little bit. Uh, In addition to my speaking career, I've now begun working for an executive search firm. And so I'm spending a lot of time talking to companies that are looking for strategic hires at the VP, director, and C-level. And I thought, you know what? I need to get my life all in one lane uh, between my speaking and my training and the executive search world. I'm really focused on leaders at a higher level in larger companies. And I thought it was time we pivot plus Six years is a long time to do anything. So uh, you got to shake it up. You've got to, as they say, make waves. And so that's what we've done here with the podcast. So this is our first episode under the new format. I want to hear from you. Do you like it? You know, do you think it's a good format? I'm changing up the questions just a little, not too much. Uh, And also let me know if you like today's guest, because today's guest, I think he's great. I don't really know him. A friend of mine works for him. A couple months ago, I heard about him and I'm like, he's exactly the type of person I want to interview, especially as we make this shift towards interviewing uh, people at the C-level and, and and other senior management of growing companies still who are doing cool things. So today we have Bobby Lahare, and he is the founder and chief people officer at Spoken Here. And what they do is Bobby and his team, they help their clients build relationships with the people they value most. And sometimes that means that's mastering communication across foreign languages. So they do this through translation and through interpretation, and they do it in over 200 languages. So uh, if your company uh, needs to talk to people in some manner and they don't speak your native language, you probably want to know more about Spoken Here. So Bobby, welcome to the show, episode number 575 but in a way, it's episode one. Well, I really appreciate that introduction, Tom, and I'm very honored to be the guinea pig for the new name. And uh, as a wordsmith myself, I love the play on the words. Ah, the making um, waves at sea level. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, fantastic. So I don't know if I could have come up with one that that good myself. <laughs> it was funny when I took the job with the executive search firm. One of the things I told them is I said I want to keep doing my my podcast. And they liked my podcast. The guy I worked for was like, yeah, there's no reason you would stop. And I go, but I'm going to try and interview more people in that C-suite rather than just entrepreneurs, since that's going to be my focus. And I happened to have interviewed somebody for another show that day. And they talked about the great leaders make waves. And I was like, making waves at sea level. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down and took it home. And here we are today. It's perfect. So Glad Bob, to be here. So, Bobby, tell us about Spoken Here. So Spoken Here kind of grew out of a, a personal passion. Um, my two my two biggest loves, I guess, in life outside of the bride, the kids, and the golden retrievers uh, have been always been baseball and foreign languages. And um, while I'm still 
playing baseball these days. Um, it doesn't really pay the bills. And so I kind of had to figure out a way to make some money in my other passion. So did um, you pl- wait, did you play baseball to pay the bills? Did you play professional ball? Not quite. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I tried and didn't quite make it to that level. I hey, did play in college. You, you can just love it. it. Just the way you said that, I thought, wait a minute, I didn't know this. It, it's filling up the, the cup, but it's not ba- It's not filling up the bank account. No. <laughs> gotcha. So, so go on. I, I did play in college um, and uh, it was always interesting. Uh, I had this uh, strange combination of, of loving uh, my first second language, which is German, um, and baseball. There's not a whole lot of baseball in Germany, and I'm not a very good soccer player. So, but um, well, I have to add one it. thing. I loved playing baseball as a kid, but I was the kid on your little league team who played two innings, and if I got walked, everybody was happy. <laughs> you were you the kid that stuck in right field. Yeah, I played right field, and I ran really slow. I had a coach actually work with me on my running, and he gave up. I understand. Yeah. Well, the the. So the baseball, I still play baseball. I love the game. Um, it's in my DNA um, and, uh, and all of that. But like I said, the, it doesn't really pay the bills. And so um, I, I, my, other, my other love and passion is, is languages. And I kind of backed into the business um, when I was uh, coming out of college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I had just finished um, – uh, about 11 or 12 years of very expensive private education. And for that, I got exactly uh, zero ideas on what to do with it once I got out. Um, so I ended up playing baseball and waiting tables. And I had found a guy in the town I was living in at the time uh, who had started a translation company. And I wanted to continue with my uh, just using my languages and you know seeing what was out there. And so partnered with him and, and that had about a 19 year run. Um, but really learned how to do the business inside and out, made a lot of great relationships and connections. Um, and then, you know, I, I was translating during that time as well. I don't translate now anymore, but, um, uh, really kind of learned the ins and outs of, of the business itself. Now, how I got involved with language is a bit of a different story. Um, I was always naturally curious growing up. Um, I loved you know, reading encyclopedias as a kid. I was one of those. Um, and you know, my grandparents were actually French immigrants. I did not grow up bilingual. Um, but I kind of was always around that a little bit, that, that issue. And I loved history. Um, I loved European history, world war II history. So I was always studying these things, always, uh, interested in that subject area. And then of course, language was kind of always tangential there. It was always, there was always language involved, whether you're talking about place names or historical figures or whatnot. And I just always found that super intriguing. And one day when I was in eighth grade, so I went to a private school, the seventh through 12th grade. And when you're in seventh and eighth grade, you're in lower school, you pretty much do what they tell you to do. You don't really understand the reasons behind it. You just don't want to get in trouble and come back on Saturday and, and work on work crew. So you, you play along. And one of the things they had us do in eighth grade was to go into this room and take this uh, mock language exam. And I didn't think anything about it at the time. I found it interesting, but it really didn't mean anything more than that uh, to me. Uh, and so uh, I took the language test. It was a made up fake language. And what later turned out actually was a seminal moment in my life. They were actually testing our aptitude to learn foreign languages. And I think, you know, looking back now, 30 some odd years later, um, I, I know they're not doing this anymore. And it's actually kind of silly. But um, the, the premise was that if you scored above a certain level, 
then you had the option to choose whatever language you wanted to take starting in ninth grade in high school. And if you didn't, then you were forced to take Latin. And uh, I guess I scored above whatever the magic number was because they, they gave me the green light. So I ended up taking German. I was always interested in, like I said, World War II history. Um, I'm also kind of the salmon that swims downstream. Uh, I like to be very different. Um, I didn't want to be the, the same as everybody else. And most people were taking Spanish and French right. and that, that, none ab- of that appealed to me. Absolutely. So I ended up taking German and it was instant love. Um, uh, love at first vocab quiz, I guess you could call it. But um, the, the, the added piece to that was my German teacher in high school uh, ended up becoming, you know, I could probably say there's one of five people in my life that, that have had the most profound influence. Um, and um, I, I just loved it. I, I, for me, German class was 24 seven. It wasn't, you know, the hour or so we were in classroom together. And I got teased a lot by some of the other kids about that, but I didn't really care. So um, anyway, so that was what, my, what I love, what I love about, th- what I love about the story is you have a passion for something when you're in ninth grade and now in your, we'll say forties, you have found a way to make this your life and your career. And I think that is so important because so many people do things they hate. So I love the fact that you have that type of a background and that type of a piece. So let's fast forward to spoken yeah. here and, and what is the company doing and what makes you stand out in, in, in that market? So spoken here was born in 2011 and we, um, we wanted to do things a little differently. There's a lot of language companies out there. There's a lot of individual translators out there. We like to get to know our clients. Uh, We're very responsive. We like to um, know them on a personal level. I think going back to that, I'm a people person and relationships um, are what really um, get me out of the bed in the morning and fulfill my uh, purpose, I guess you could say. And, you know, that's tied into language. I mean, no good relationship is uh, possible without good communication, right? I mean, whether it's your marriage or your best friend or, or whatever the case may be. And so um, my passion that for, for being able to communicate uh, with other people, and in, in our case, you know, it's, whether it's people from China or Brazil or Germany or wherever the case may be, um, it's, it's one of those things that, hey, we can, we can, we can fulfill our we, we can live our passion and also help people at the same time because there's a lot of um, uh, companies, uh, especially now that nowadays, you know, American companies are a lot more attuned uh, to this sort of thing. But back when we started, when I started in this industry in 92, we actually had to do a lot of client education. Um, we had to educate our clients about, you know, what translation was, what was it, why it was important um, and, and, and stuff like that. But now with the growth in the internet technology and global commerce and all these other things, um, a lot of, a lot of the companies are now more aware or, or a lot more mature in that, um, in that process. Um, but we, we are able to, um, bridge communication gaps. Um, companies now are going into not only different markets overseas, but there's, uh, there's just an explosion in, uh, the different cultures and the different languages right here in the United States. Um, one of our, um, well, I guess the biggest focus for us this year is our remote interpreting platform uh, where our clients can come in and uh, within a few seconds get an interpreter uh, on on the line or on their uh, desktop, their phone, what have you, within a few seconds in over 200 languages. And uh, we've got clients now that are, uh, they've got a, a very diverse workforce across the United States. A lot of these workers are 
um, you know, blue collar, uh, manual labor. Um, they don't speak a lot of English, uh, but they have needs either, you know, HR needs in, in, in the case of a lot of the work that we're doing now, uh, we're working with a lot of um, uh, medical case management companies and healthcare companies uh, that go out and um, provide uh, healthcare or advice, medical advice, things like this to, uh, to either their employees or their, uh, their clients' employees. Um, and, you know, we had made a strategic business decision back in October of last year uh, to really grow the remote interpreting side of our business a lot more. And wouldn't, wouldn't you know, <laughs> you know, March of this year, we had the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And so now you've got this remote, um, everybody working remotely, it's in the forefront of the nation's conscience. And so, you know, it's kind of like that uh, really customized sports car you've been wanting for so many years and you finally get it. And then now that you have it, you look around and three and four other people are driving the same car because <laughs> it's, it's on your brain. You're on that wavelength. But um, so it's kind of lined up for us um, pretty well in that regard. And uh, we, we love the fact that we can uh, we can help those clients uh, talk to those people that are with uh, really those communications that are really important, those conversations about healthcare and staying healthy and getting cleared medically to go back to work and sure. in lieu of the pandemic and all of this. So as you've built this company over the years, how as sort of the, the, the founder and, and one of the leaders, how, how have you made waves? What have you done differently than your competitors? Where have you zigged when maybe others zagged? So I would say that, um, we have, we have been able to, um, build relationships, not only with our clients, but on, on our vendor side too. I mean, we were supported by so many people around the world. Um, you know, when I first got into this business, I saw there was a lot of, um, uh, there was a, a lot of situations where uh, these vendors, these translators and interpreters who, you know, uh, working very hard, very long hours, often for not very much pay um, around the world. And a lot of times, you know, people they were working for would not pay them or up and leave. I, there was a couple of famous incidents, uh, or at least famous in our world, where, you know, companies would keep changing their name and not paying their translators and whatnot. And we really wanted to set out to build as solid, if not more solid relationships with the people that support us um, as with our clients. Uh, it was super important to me. Um, one of our core values is authenticity matters. Uh I'm very firm believer in, in real people, honest people, authentic, salt of the earth, you name it, because that's who I am. And uh, that's the kind of people I like working with. And so it was very important to me um, that we had those solid relationships with, with the people that are free, basically freelancers for us. And, you know, I've worked with some of them for 20 plus years and we've never even seen them before. So how many, um, how many freelancers and how many employees does the company have now? So at Spoken here, we're a team of 10. We've got a couple more uh, offices, uh, back offices that support us um, in South America, in uh, India and Asia. And then uh, as far as freelancers are concerned, um, that number's probably up around 1,000. Wow. Fascinating. So how has it been managing all of that? I mean, you have a small group of actual employees, but so many vendors who can do the translation depending on which language to which language, et cetera. How do you keep it all straight as the leader? So I, that's a great question. Uh, one side note, and, and I think is a, is a perfect intro to answering that question. Uh, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of companies have had to kind of learn how to re work remotely and 
you know, a lot of the conversations with a lot of my entrepreneur friends is like, gosh, what are you guys doing? And how, how do we do this? And how do we pivot to working, you know, everybody working from home? And I was like, well, we've been doing that for years. I mean, so we never really even had to learn, uh, you know, reinvent the wheel as far as that's concerned. But um, the trick, I think, is goes back to basically the core uh, of everything for us. And that's relationships, you know, uh, internally, you know, obviously we've got processes that we know work, um, but giving each team member um, kind of their own uh, autonomy in a sense. Uh, you know, we're all pretty much on the same level. Um, I've got team members that'll yell at me when I'm driving out of my lane or maybe suggest something that is too outlandish or wouldn't work and, or maybe, the, you know, a blind spot that I'm not seeing. Um, but build, building those relationships on trust, um, talking to our vendors about their families. Um, w- one, of the, one of the campaigns we recently did uh, during the pandemic we asked a lot of our um, translators, interpreters, and voiceover talents, because we, we do a lot of voiceover work as well in different languages. We asked them to send us like a 30-second to a minute or so long video clip of what their life was like during the pandemic. And we released a series of these in, in, uh, uh, in succession over a, a few weeks. And it was, it was great because, I mean, this is where my personal interest comes in. I love seeing you know pictures and video from other places and, and all of these things. I'm, I'm that weird guy that will... Um, uh, schedule a, a flight that goes through an airport I've never been to before, just to say I've been there. <laughs> so, so being able to see these videos from all of these far flung places and, and what you're really seeing and what we're really trying to show there is these, you know, authentic, these are authentic, real people um, behind the scenes. A lot of times when, when I tell people what we do, what I do, what I've done over the years, they're like, Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think there's translators out there, even though everything we see in the stores is written in two and three and four different languages. Right. <laughs> so, true. um, and I tell them, you know, I was trying to bring back in a baseball analogy. I say, you know, translators kind of like an umpire. We only get talked about when we screw up. So um, we're behind the scenes and a good translator kind of kind of does their job, but kind of stays out of the limelight. Um, but anyway, going back and building those relationships, um, uh, showing an interest in people's uh, families and personal lives and and, you know, going the extra mile, make sure they get paid, pay them um you know, uh, uh, what their value, what, what their work is, is worth. Um, not trying to just lowball people, things like that. I think a lot of that has really moved the needle for us. It's made a huge difference because a lot of these people will, they'll drop everything they're doing. Obviously they're freelancers. They work with other, with other firms, but they'll drop what they're doing to take care of spoken here because, um, we really care about them. No, that that's awesome. And anybody who knows me or has listened to this podcast or has ever seen me speak at a corporation or an association, I mean, I've been speaking for 15 years about the power of relationships in business. And you would think that would be a given. I mean, you know, some people are like, how do you make a living teaching people to treat people well? And I'm like, because they don't know, right? I, I started my career teaching lawyers how to go out and be nice and not just talk about the billable hour. And, you know, it was like, that's how I started speaking. I was the marketing director for a law firm. And they asked me to do a little seminar on how to network. And the lawyers were fascinated by this whole idea of just treating people well. And I'm not ripping on lawyers. It's just true throughout business that we take that for granted. And yet there's so many little things you can do to what the things you're referring to. You know, you have all these freelancers around the world and you pull them all together with these little videos of what they're doing as their families are working from home and their dog at their feet or their kids behind them. And all of a sudden they feel like a family and they feel appreciated and therefore they work harder for you. We shouldn't have to teach people that. But even in today's world, that's not necessarily a given in business. So you're, you're preaching to the choir telling me that one. So I understand. I think you hit on a key word there, appreciated. They feel appreciated. That one exercise we did with those videos, 
Um, you can see the joy in these people's faces and their, and you can hear it in their voices, just making that little video 30 seconds, a minute long or whatever. Um, especially in the face of, you know, lockdowns and, and feeling isolated. I mean, we, we felt more connected with those videos to those people than, than in any other moment before. And, and, uh, yeah, it is, it is a shame that a lot of people have to be taught that kind of thing, but, you know, I've always been a believer in the, um, if you build the relationship and you do it well enough, then, the business will follow you and they don't even ask what the price is. It doesn't and, matter and it's because not they know the you can trust you. It's not that people need to be taught that because they're opposed to it. It's that we have so been focused on on doing good work and the bottom line that sometimes they forget that that human to human connection part is is right there in the midst of all of that. So so right. you've been you've been doing this for a long time now. What do you love about leading a company? Well, um, I was, I hate authority, <laughs> <laughs> but you I did mean, it for 19 years. You worked for somebody else. Well, no, we were business partners. Oh, okay. Um, he wasn't my boss, okay. uh, <laughs> but, um, I, I've always just the, the idea of, of, you know, and, and people that do this, people that do this to support their family, more power to them. I, I don't, I think, you know, there, there isn't much work that isn't noble. Um, but, you know, striking out on your own and blazing your own path with all of the ups and downs. I'm a very mercurial person. So um, I think if, if somebody, uh, if you had an expert sitting down and said, all right, uh, peg a career for this, for Bobby LaHare right here. And the entrepreneur would probably be last on the list. <laughs> um, I, I love roller coasters in the literal sense, but the metaphorical, not so much. Um, and that's really what, you know, entrepreneur life is, right? You've got to be able to, to uh, enjoy those highs and, and get through those lows. Um but, you know, I, I, I don't like um, I, the idea of, of putting on, uh, you know, corporate attire or, or not wearing jeans and a T-shirt to work every day and wearing a badge to scan a door to go to the bathroom. It's just not in my DNA. And there, believe me, there were plenty of times during this roller coaster ride that that was, you know, could have been a very serious option for me. But uh, I never I never took the bait. So what advice do you have for people who who want to grow their own path, whether it's inside a company, as some people want to do, or whether it's growing their own company? If somebody wants to take a leadership role. What advice do you have? Very timely question. Um, I've got kids that are right at that age that are kind of in that zone, right, where I don't know what to do. And, you know, and then, you know, you hear, I hear a lot of people all the time talk about well, I lost my job and I'm just waiting for the next opportunity. And, 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 you know, maybe when the economy turns around, things are, we'll do this or that. And I'm like, that's all BS. I like, we all have skills. We all have skills that are marketable. Uh, we all have skills that we can, we can do and, and love life and make money at it. Right. It's the, the, the hedgehog concept. Um, so my advice is, you know, uh, explore relationships, uh, market yourself. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, I suffered from that for a very long time. I was constantly uh, afraid to fail. And there were a couple of things in life that, that I didn't, uh, I didn't go through with a couple of things that I didn't go through with. And looking back now, I regret and wish I had. Um, but you know, I guess some of that comes with age, right? You know, the sun's going to come up in the East tomorrow, whether you, whether you act or not. Um, so I'm trying to kind of impart these, these ideas on my kids and, uh, I would say, you know, really market yourself. I, I think no matter what profession you're in, what you actually do professionally, I think the ability to sell yourself um, and make connections with people, again, this all goes back to relationships. Yep. Um, to me, to me, that's the number one thing. That's at the heart of everything. Yep. Um, Story of my life. And you're, you, you said earlier, it's, it's right there in front of our faces. And a lot of times we don't realize it because we're, we're too busy with trying to, you know, make money or do this or do that. But I think 
being able to market yourself and grow relationships with people, um, I think will will um, lead to a lot more success and, and more importantly, happiness. So, Bobby, I have a couple of more questions for you before I let you go. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Bobby LaHare. Hey, I got to tell you, I've been working with Podfly since I launched Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do almost six years ago, and they've been a great partner. Every time I've needed something, they've been there in this rebrand of do I shut down the podcast, start a new one? Do I rebrand? They were right there at the table with me every step, helping me make the smart decisions. You want a partner like that if you're going to do a podcast. So if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things. We haven't changed that to slash making waves yet, but I think we'll get around to that. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Bobby, what's something you're doing with the company right now that is new, exciting, or cool? Well, the, co- the coolest thing we're doing right now um, uh, is our kind of new remote uh, interpreting platform. Our clients love it. Um, they're able to get an interpreter on the line and really seconds and, and a lot of times in a very obscure language, uh, Burmese, uh, Somali, we're doing a lot of these things, but, but being able to offer that um, in a platform that they can use 24 seven from anywhere in the world um, to, to make those connections, make those relationships and understand who they're talking to and with um, that's to me, that's, that's a really cool thing. Oh, I, I think that sounds, that sounds great. So Bobby, as you look at the world of business, who out there in sort of a C-level role or a major entrepreneur who do you look at and say, wow, those people, they make waves. So the, the person that I think um, I would pick to answer that question um, and, and is Elon Musk. And the reason I, I say Elon Musk, a couple of things. One, I love uh, space. Um, so what he's doing with SpaceX and wanting to be you know, the first person to Mars and all of these things, I find personally very interesting. Um, but what I really like about Elon Musk, and I don't know him personally, I've never met him, um, but what I, what I think I like about him the most is um, he's a very uh, eccentric guy. He does some very weird things, and he doesn't seem to really care what other people think. And <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about myself. I'm A lot of people find me very strange or different, and uh, I don't really care. So that, that's one of the things I admire most about Elon Musk. In 575 episodes, that's the number one answer that we've had. So if anybody knows Elon Musk, I want to have him on making waves at sea level. So last question I love to ask everybody is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Cause I think this, this world of business, it's more than making money. I mean, I like to make money. It's awesome, but I think we somehow have to find a way to, to touch others and leave our mark. So, so what do you do? I like to um, mentor younger people Um I was mentored by uh, some very important people growing up. I still have a mentor. Uh, That's another thing that's very important. Even at my age, I'll be 50 in two weeks and uh, I still have a mentor. Uh, You know, it's kind of wondering, people wonder why, why did Michael Jordan have a coach? You know, it keeps him focused. Um, 
but I mentor younger people. I think um, there's a, a lot of things that I've learned. Some of it just in the last five or six years and in, in, as being a member of EO, for example, that um, I think are highly valuable and can give younger people um, some ideas to help clarify direction or maybe uh, uh, reveal some blind spots that they weren't uh, aware of before. And I think it's much more important in today's world, uh, you know, with technology and all of the distractions and things like that. I think it's very important to uh, focus and and to grow um, no matter, you know, no matter what you're wanting to do, even if you don't know what you want to do. So mentoring younger people um, in, in business and just in life in general um, is, is something that that I really get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of and, and uh, hopefully can provide some value to them along the way. No, that, that's awesome. And anybody who listens to me knows I'm a big believer in, in mentors. I, I have two gentlemen who I mentor uh, for about seven years. Both of them were about 23, just out of college. They threw random stories, too long to tell. They, they found me separately. They were both new to Austin. Uh, and they both said, like within months of each other, would you be my mentor? And I'm like, I don't know what that even means, but you're welcome to call me whenever. Fast forward seven years, they still call. Uh, I had introduced them to each other because they were the same age and new to town. They're best friends. They're like brothers. Uh, they actually call me their fake dad because they've been around so long. <laughs> and not only have I had an impact on them, they're both kicking butt in their careers, uh, but they've had an impact on me. So that's the other great thing about mentoring is it comes back to you. And that's something I always like to remind people is, uh, you know, yeah, mentoring is helping that other person out. But when you do it, it can come back to you tenfold. So uh, Nick and Jake have had that positive of an effect on me. So now I'm going to make them listen to this episode and tell them they were, they, there was a call out to them. So uh, they'll have to listen all the way to the end to hear the special call out that I appreciate them. So awesome. Hey, Bobby, thank you so much for, for jumping on here and being interviewed. If someone listened to this episode and they're like, wow, Bobby sounds cool or, oh my gosh, I need translation and they need to find you or they need to find out more about spoken here. How do they find you? So our web address is spoken-here.com. That's S-P-O-K-E-N hyphen H-E-R-E.com, as in English spoken here, German spoken here, whatever. Um, they can also reach me directly at 281-607-2488. Um, if I'm not here, leave a message. I'm, I return all calls and all emails. Yep, absolutely. And you've been great to work with setting this up. I really appreciate it. I'm glad just by the way, timing fell that you got to be the person who was the first person ever interviewed on the new iteration of the show of making waves at sea level. Cause I think you're making some waves and I like that. So Bobby, thank you so much for being here on the show. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every time throughout the entire history of this show. If it wasn't for the audience, why would I do it? So I appreciate you. You can find us on Twitter uh, at cool podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and all the other social medias at Tom Singer, T H O M S I N G E R. I'd love to hear from you. If you like the podcast, do me a favor. Sure. Go leave a review on Apple podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever, but more important, tell a friend. Cause here's the deal. Everyone who listens to this show tells me they found it because someone else told them about it. So, uh, go tell somebody that you like this show making waves at sea level. Uh, and we're going to be back here in a couple of days with somebody just as cool as Bobby. And you're thinking, what? How will you find anybody as cool as Bobby? Well, we always seem to be able to do it. So check us out in a couple of days. See where we go. You can go back 574 episodes uh, somewhere out there on the Internet if you want to find out more uh, about interviews that we've done here on this show. In the meantime, go out there. 
make sure that your career ladder is against the right wall because there's nothing worse than climbing that ladder only to find you had it in the wrong place. Uh, And while you're out there doing that, try some new things, but have fun along the way. All right, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.